Welcome to Documentary First, an inside look at a first-time filmmaker's journey. I'm your host, Josh Lindsay, from the Movie Proposal Podcast. And with me is our first-time filmmaker, Christian Taylor. Hey, Josh. Happy to be here. Hello, Christian Taylor. And sitting next to her is our awesome button-pushing guy, Jason Rugg. Hey there. Hey, Jason. So, just one thing. Yes. You know, Jason does this all the time. We go off of the air, and then Jason's like, you know, that made me think of. So, I'm not going to let you get away with that today. Uh, So, we were talking about last time um, how... I would say it was so important that people came, actually, made time to come to a film or made time to watch it on their phone. And it said it reminded you of who? Uh, John Mulaney, a stand-up mm-hmm. comedian. Uh, he has this this great bit in one of his stand-up specials where he says, thank you for coming out and uh, doing a thing. Uh, stati- statistically speaking, it is 100% easier not to do a thing, and uh, you're here doing a thing. So thank you. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and so that I thought that really got at what we were talking about last time. Yeah, you know, it got me where I was just like, I w- – when I say thank you for coming, I really mean thank you for coming. When I say thank you for watching that, I really mean it because it's so easy for you not to do it, not to care, not to come. So, yeah, that's yeah. great. John Mulaney. Yep. I'll have to check him out. He's got a Netflix special on right now. Some- really? Yeah, he just released a variety show. With kids. One episode. Uh, like How do you spell uh, his last name? M-U-L-A-N-E-Y, Mulaney. I think. Mulaney, okay. Yeah. I'll have to check him out. He's great. So uh, you were talking about the feedback you were getting from professionals, how it's ripping your heart out, <laughs> almost another dark night of the soul, it yeah, sounded like. Yeah, almost. Um, but it, it's caused you to go back to review um, and see you know, what's working, what's not working. Are they right? Are they wrong? What, can we, what, what criticism can we actually apply here? Should we apply here? And so on. So to bring us up to date where you and Bill are. Yeah. So Because we're supposed to be done with this film, right? <laughs> you would think. Uh, where Bill and I are is that, remember I told you we were going to take out these sacred cows? These two sacred cows. Yes. Marie Pascal Legrand. And not all of her, but just one interview. And mm-hmm. not all of Valerie Gauthier-Cardian. Just one. Um, so, however... We had spent a whole day almost, at least a half day, if not the whole day, editing those interviews down to make them as smooth and as short as they possibly could be. So I'm paying Bill now, you know, $500 a day to work on these things. So we did that. We even did that with Michelle Coupe, our French translator in France, doing on a Zoom call. That was all a half day at least. Today... As we're reading through the script and we're making it all first person and we're realizing some of the narration now and the video that we have doesn't work, we come to these two interviews and putting it in first person and writing it where we were basically did not work with their two interviews sections in there. Oh, that's fascinating. So it made the most sense to take those two sacred cows out. So then... I'm like, oh, my gosh. But you you had to go do that process to actually get to a place. And that was my point. Yeah. This is such a process. It's (laughs) such a process. You know, Bill says, I tell everybody that all the time, editing is a process. You lay something out. You look at it. How does it make you feel? You go back in. I mean, he says, basically, 
you edit a, you're not done editing till they either rip it out of your hands <laughs> or you just surrender it you know because it can always be improved and it is just a process but that that just blew my mind when when we both at the same time he's like well i have a crazy suggestion and i was like i'm already there <laughs> I'm like i already know what you're going to say and i agree with you but that was one whole day's worth of work so you know sitting there going i don't want to waste that money that I spent editing these things. But, you know, you want the movie to be the best that it is. So we made the decision right before I came over here to take out one section of Marie and one section of Valerie. And we'll see how that goes. (laughs) I've heard that a lot with directors. They say that they don't want to be too involved in the editing process early because they know, like, it took us three days to get that one shot. Right, right. That perfect take. And they can't use it because blank or it doesn't fit because blank. And they they can't themselves process that they need to remove it. So they have to bring in an outside party. Yeah. And so totally it, it definitely sounds like what you're battling with there totally. is that, you know, and even just from the sunk cost of the edit, not even from how much it took to shoot, you know, the time spent right. there, all the people who are involved. Right. There's a lot that goes into every piece, and so cutting it has to hurt every single time. Yeah, because it is. It's money. It's time. It's, you know, the things that you go through to make an interview or make a shoot work. You just and, – and you have every intention of using it. But if it doesn't work, like in the story, like I've badgered Marie and Valerie for a year to give me all sorts of images that I just cut out of the film. You know, like, oh <laughs> – it's just brutal. But I'm sure that's true for every story or every film. Oh, I'm sure it is too. But it's a different when it's your film. Well, I- <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's different when now you're we get to it. <laughs> when you have to do that. So, you know, I we and not only that, I mean, we another thing that we knew was a problem is that we had several false endings. So you you felt like your movie was about to end and then it didn't and then it kind of kept going. So we've had to solve this problem. We originally I, I wanted to believe it was just the score. Well, it's the score. We'll get Jeff to fix it. He can fix it. <laughs> and then I was like, well, maybe it's the editing. Well, you know, truthfully, actually, it's the writing. And I told Bill the other day, I feel exactly like I felt when I was in your office going, I don't want to write this, you know, (laughs) and just fighting it tooth and nail. I just, I was wanting everybody else to do the work, like let them fix this problem. I mean, I can sit here and make decisions of what I like and what I don't like, but writing is so hard for me. So to get in there and actually retool the writing was just felt insurmountable and so today it it was done I did it today and I'm glad it's off my back but I did I and I was my big victory was in the end narration and what the film currently is there are two paragraphs and uh, how how I summed it up and it sounded like you know in the first paragraph you thought it was going to end and then in the second paragraph you thought it was going to end and Last night I figured out how to make those into one paragraph where it sound, it's the same essence of both of those things that I said in one paragraph. Hmm. Wow. And I was like, oh, I solved it. It was great. <laughs> and I didn't really lose anything substantive. So 
that was a huge victory. I felt very proud about that. All right. So you, you did what Lord of the Rings couldn't. Return of the King. <laughs> there are fifteen different endings. Oh, did I, I didn't see that, so oh, I didn't man. know. Really? It's, it's like one of the biggest complaints people have about that movie is that every, every time you think it ends, it has another fifteen minutes, ah. <laughs> and then you think that ends, and then it continues. So you you did it. Yeah. Well, we'll <laughs> see. Like I'm really interested to see this next export. You know, because we made we changed the writing. We have changed the order of scenes. We've deleted some really big scenes. So I'll be really interested to see. Is it shorter? Oh, yeah. What's the time right now? I mean, when we when I left today, we were at an hour and a half, and we still had some oh. more cutting to do. So oh, we've wow. lost like 10 more minutes. Wow. I know. See, I, I, I think that's great because especially the position that you're in, and we keep talking about this, but, I mean, you, you're in – a performer, you're an actor in this, right? You know, you're a writer in this, you're a director, you're a producer, you're all these things. And there's no one you can bounce off of, and especially in the emotional side of things. Like there, there are, oh. there, there's no checks and balances going on. Right. And so you, you have to trust that when the producer, Christian Taylor, is talking to the editor, Christian Taylor, and they're, they want to talk about the writer behind her back, Christian Taylor. You know, like, <laughs> how do you balance all that? Yeah. It's, uh, it's maddening. And so... You're right. Yes. Yeah, for sure. And I honestly, it, it has felt like – my son Hunter was home for Christmas. He's the one that started this whole film craziness. And he's 30 years old now and still in the Army um, but home for two weeks. And he said to me at some point, Mom, I'm so happy we have this film. Oh, because after you're gone, we will still have you. He's like, this film is all of you. Wow. You know? And he's like, you live in this film. And that was so profound to me because I thought everybody, when they grow up, I think, wants to make a difference or leave some mark on the world or um, – and, you know – my great-grandchildren or great-great-grandchildren can watch it, yeah. you know, and it will be my voice, you know, it will be my writing, it will be my ideas. Um, and that's when you know, like, this is more than a film. It's when it's a passion project for you and it's something that is involves your heart, um, no amount of money, like, it's just, money doesn't come into the equation. You know, it's not at all about the money. It's, it's about putting a piece of you in the world, your worldview, your what's important to you, what you think others ought to pay attention to, you know, your life lessons that you've learned. All of that is there. And to think that my son, who started it all, is so thankful for that and so proud of me. It was really something. Wow. Yeah. You can't get this kind of podcasting anywhere else. I'm telling you. <laughs> no, we do have people that actually listen to this podcast that I think really do enjoy it. Just, you know, I don't know how many that is, but um, yeah, so I just think it is hard uh, to look at all of those things critically, but I have learned over time, I'm so secure in the love of people in my family, my personal life, and my team, that 
anybody I invite to be in, um, I know they love me. And my worth, my value, my identity, none of that is wrapped up in what I do, in what I sound like, what I look like, what I write. My security, worth, and value is not in those things. And so when they critique those things or push back on me, I know they are doing it with an intention to either make me better as a person or make the project better. And so I have really learned to come to that without my walls up. Which, especially if you're listening to this and you are a filmmaker or want to be a filmmaker, an artist of some kind, you know, like... Artists tend to be more on the emotional side of things. And so, like, when someone critiques your project, you know, your baby, you know, it can... You. Right. Yeah, it's cutting you, right? And so, like, for you to be able to remove yourself uh, from that and say, you know, that's, you know, that's from me, but that's not me. Right. Right. Um, That's, I don't know, a level of maturity or a healthy perspective or whatever it is. That's difficult, I think, especially for an artist. Um, but, yeah. But especially when you're playing all these roles, you have to do that because it would it would crush you. <laughs> you yes, know? it's true. And I'm I'm so thankful. Like I cannot underestimate my team. My team. I mean, I. I don't know what I would do with Bill. I told him today I had to give him a writing credit because he's like, great, that'll help my resume. Uh, because you know he uh, he isn't writing it for me. But I have to have somebody to bounce things off of. Mm-hmm. And I'll, we, you know, we're, we've been back in the edit suite this week. And the edit suite for us looks like Zoom call. It's a Zoom call where he shares his screen and, you know, and we're talking. And that's how we're editing remotely. And we're back in this edit suite spending our days together looking at this footage and trying to decide how we're going to rewrite and re-edit. And so I'll read, I'll try something out on him and read it, and he'll say yes, and or that doesn't sound so right, or I think this, you know, he would make these suggestions. And truthfully, at the end, Bill is as, is as much a part of this project as I am. I make the final decisions. I do. That's my title. So it does lie on me at the end. But I have surrounded myself with a team that I really trust and that really trusts me. You know, my social media team, they've been invaluable. They meet with me every Sunday night, and we pray for this project, and we pray for the people on the project. And they send me encouraging notes, and they ask me how things are going, and they let me process the emotions of things. This podcast, you guys really are important, because all of those stories that I don't get to tell, I often get to tell here, and I get to process What's actually happened, it gives me energy to go forward and do the next thing. So, Well, I'm glad we can be of assistance to you in some way. <laughs> you have. I love it. You, you make me, Josh, you make me think about things. Oh, good. You know, and I really love your perspective that you guys both bring on things I hadn't thought about. Like, I didn't even know that, gosh, to know that the Lord of the Rings trilogy had that problem. <laughs> gosh, I feel so much better. It's like me learning Ken Burns. If Ken Burns gets rejected, then I'm not so bad. Right. Well, if you haven't seen that one or haven't seen it in a while, I just saw it's on Netflix now. I mean, if you don't own it, you can just go see it on Netflix. Isn't Which one is the this? The Extended Edition? Oh, I don't know. Oh, my <laughs> gosh. How long is the Extended Edition? Four hours? Like, like seven hours. Seven hours? <laughs> no, it's not that long. <laughs> it's like four. Yeah. Uh, it's the last one. So Return of the King. 
Okay. Very last one. Wow. Well, one other thing I wanted to talk about before we go, another thing that I have been discovering in this process, a lesson that I want to give our listeners, is that when you're making your documentary film and you are looking for archival, (laughs) (laughs) archival images, do not... Do not do that on the back end. <laughs> Whatever you do, do it the right way on the front end. And I would recommend at least spending some time talking with a archivist who's a researcher who you have to pay. They're usually like 70 bucks an hour um, that focuses on your subject matter that can tell you what's in the archives or how to reach them. These archives that we're looking for are in Carlage Park, Maryland, and own, and they're not really well organized. They're not digital and on, on, or online. Mm-hmm. So really, I need someone who has an expert knowledge of that database already in their head or has worked with them before. Um, I had hoped I would say, hey, here's the list of images of my film. Can you please find these for me so that I can make sure that I have the rights to them, that they're public domain? That's like finding a needle in a haystack in a situation like this. So we're going to have to figure out something, some way to address this problem in our film. And and that is going to have to happen before we do any distribution deal or it's ever seen like on TV or streaming services because you have to demonstrate that you have the rights to everything that you're using in the film. Mm. So now uh, I'm in the process of interviewing archival photo experts, photo and video experts. That's not going to be cheap. That adds to my budget (laughs) now. That was not a line item. All right. Live and learn, right? You live and learn. learn. Okay. Well, hey, uh, another great podcast. Thank you, Christian. Yeah. Thank you, Jason. Thank you, guys. And thank you guys for listening. We um, Let me tell you kind of what's coming up. We do have – this podcast will probably be over by then, but on January 12th, we have a – Screening in the Wheaton Library in Wheaton, Illinois. So that's at 1 o'clock on January 12th. And then we have our next big screening on February 6th in Arlington Heights, Illinois. My hope is that we can get all the band back together because I think this is going to be the unveiling of what the final film is. And I would love to have all of our team there to meet each other in person to see what this final thing is, sort of like one big last hurrah. We are, it's going to be the stuff that we have in store for people there is going to be amazing. So. February 6th, CMX Theaters, Arlington Heights, Illinois. Everything is on our website, the screenings tab. We are still needing funds, so if you can spare anything, uh, please go to normandystories.com slash donate, and uh, we would really appreciate your support. Awesome. All right, well, hey, everyone, thanks for listening to Documentary First, where we believe everyone has a story to tell, and you can be the one to tell it. Bye, everybody. Thank you for listening to Documentary First. We really appreciate your partnership with us. We can't do any of this without you. So thank you so much for listening, for donating, and for following along on our journey. If you are able to make a donation this week, we really would appreciate it. We are supported by donors who give us $100 or less, so anything helps. Also, if you're able to share the news about the girl who wore freedom with your friends and family, please do that on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, or email, and sign up for our newsletter at Normandy Store. Please go to normandystories.com slash donate to make a donation today.